Welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. We're brought to you by Wenting's Cycle and Mission. Here's your Wenting's Word of the Week. It is distance. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is distance. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport with the race season on hold. It's time to focus on the important things in life. Give your mom a phone call. Spend some time with your kids. Learn to make some new healthy food. And of course, keep up with at least 30 minutes of physical activity a day. And when you're ready to race again, we're here to help. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. And while we're doing our small part to keep this COVID crisis at bay, we're also keeping our show on the road, or more accurately, on the telephone lines. You'll notice the golden tones of ATC coach Mikey Ross are a little bit tinnier than usual because we experimented using the Zoom online conference app. The quality just ain't the same as in-studio, but we're thankful for this free app. It's kind of like Skype, but will allow multiple users at the same time. That's a Zoom online conference app. We're also thankful to Triathlon Canada. Now, as you know, the 2020 Olympics have been put off by a year. What it means to the folks who have invested the last few years of their lives, we're going to find out. A few days back, we spoke with World Paralympic Champion Stefan Daniel, and what a great interview that was. Today, we feature Stefan's teammate. 35 minutes of socially responsible Fitzbeat comes your way right now. Here's your Fitzbeat 96. Fit tip of the week. This one coming to us from the book How to Make Yourself Poop and 999 Other Things All Runners Should Know by Megan Keita. With spring in the air, it's time to get outside with your friends and family and go for a nice social run. Unless, of course, it's the year 2020 and hey, it just happens to be that. So instead, here's some tips for treadmill running. Tip number one, keep your head level. I know it's awfully tempting to be looking at that screen, especially if you're using a running app like Zwift, which can make those minutes and hours fly by a bit more quickly. But unless the screen is mounted at a natural level, that is to say, a level that you would ordinarily be looking at, instead, give that screen a glance every now and then. But you want to keep your head and neck in a nice, neutral, and natural position. Tip number two, avoid overstriding. And this is one of the things that can make treadmill running so beneficial, since you're maintaining the same speed unless you mess with the control. Treadmill running is a great chance for you to check up on your running cadence. And if you have a long enough attention span, do this. Count every right, or for that matter left, foot strike for the full minute. See how close you can come to that magic number of 90. Although really anything from about 85 to 95 is pretty swell. It's also a good idea to mess with the incline and if you have it, a decline. And once again, count your cadence and try and hit that sweet spot. Treadmill tip number three. Avoid moving your arms unnaturally inwards. Yes, you're on a treadmill, and yes, you don't want to whack those guardrails, but you also, again, want to move your body as close to running on the roads or trails as you possibly can. So a nice, natural, human arm swing. No elbows in like a chicken, but no gorilla arms either. Keep it human, keep it natural. 
Now this last tip is just for the adventurous types. Barefoot or sockfoot running. If you've never tried this before, prepare to be amazed and then prepare to want to throw away all of your running shoes. Here's what you want to do. If the treadmill that you're using is going to be used by other people, you'll probably want to use a protective barrier between those sweet feet of yours and the belt that everyone else is going to be using. So put on some socks. Or if you're a hermit, and many of us are nowadays, go au naturel. On your feet, barefoot that is. Here's how to do it. Start walking on the treadmill in your socks or barefoot. Set it to a natural walking speed. Stick to it for a minute. If you're experiencing any pain or discomfort, you're done. Try it again in a few days or a week. But if you're doing okay after a minute, rather than increasing the speed, bump up the incline by 2 or 3%. Walk another minute and then bump it up by another 2 or 3%. Walk for another minute and you're done. You don't want to do something foolish like doing too much too soon. The next time you try the barefoot method, maybe in a few days, you can begin to play a bit more with your speed and your cadence. Now the point of doing this barefoot running is to introduce your body, primarily your feet, to the sensation of how your body could be moving if it wasn't encumbered by these running shoes. While running barefoot, notice how your arches flex, your calves respond, and your stride potentially changes. The sensation you initially get when you barefoot run will likely motivate you to look a bit more deeply into the topic. Google this, Barefoot Running WebMD, to get a bit more information on that. So once again, here are tips for treadmill running. Seeing a lot of us are doing it indoors because of this virus crisis. Tip number one, keep your head level. Tip two, avoid overstriding by counting your running cadence. Shoot for between 85 to 95. Tip number three, keep your arms in a natural position. And finally, tip four, Use the treadmill running as an opportunity to run barefoot. Remember, try it for a minute, listen to your body. There's a lot to be learned. And that's your FitSpeak 96 Fit Tip of the Week. And welcome back again to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines as we continue our special series on our national triathlon team and the Olympics, finding out how they're doing in light of the Tokyo Games being put off by a year. And on the phone with us, I believe from Oak Bluff, Manitoba, is Tyler Mislotchuk. Uh Tyler, welcome to FitSpeak. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. So, Tyler, the first thing I wanted to ask you, with a name like Mislotchuk, is that a Ukrainian background? It is, yeah. My dad's side, uh, Ukrainian. So it's not often pronounced right, but uh, you've done a good job. Okay. Now, going back to our heritage as Ukrainian Canadians, uh, do you have any uh, favorite pierogies that you like to have? Uh, I wouldn't say favorite pierogies. I would just say as many as possible. I, I specifically remember growing up, and I remember once when I was 12 that I ate 23 pierogies, and I probably weighed 90 pounds soaking wet. 
<laughs> so one ninth of your body weight in pierogies. What a great Canadian story. <laughs> yeah, basically. Any favorite flavors? Do you like them mixed in or are you uh, uh, just a potato um, guy? I've got two, you know, a normal uh, potato and cheese are classic and then uh, for dessert, blueberry pierogies never hurt. Oh, right. Yeah, of course, the blueberry pierogies. Um, another, one more last pierogi question before we really get going. Um, sour cream or no sour cream? Sour cream. I'm a late convert to the game. Uh, when I started, no, but now, yes, for sure. <laughs> okay, me too. I just got into the sour cream uh, just just years ago, but at the age of 56, I'm uh, I'm trying some new stuff. Um, so set, yeah. the, set the scene for us right now. So Oak Bluff community, about what 10 miles out of Winnipeg? Yeah, so it's a small community here. Um, uh, I've grown up here my whole life. My parents house was built when I was one year old and I moved in and I've uh, been an Oak Bluff resident since. And your, uh, what's your dad do? What your mom do? My mom works for the police service and my dad is in uh, TV. Okay, interesting job. So, still snow on the ground there in Oak Bluff? Say that again, sorry? Uh, do you still have snow on the ground there in Oak Bluff? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what I can see, there's a little snow. I, I mean, I haven't been outside. Uh, like I said, I'm in an isolation period currently. Uh, but uh, weather looks pretty nice for March for Winnipeg. So the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, would be very pleased that you're you're self-isolating. I'm uh, I'm assuming you were out of the country. Yeah, I was on a training camp in Portugal. So they, uh, you know, I was supposed to race Abu Dhabi, WTS, and then that kind of that got canned or postponed and then i was gonna race in florida and things started to go sideways so i said oh i'm gonna come home i think that's best and so now yeah i have to do 14 day isolation after international travel and it's a bit lonely i'll tell you that tough yeah what what's your life like now uh not it's not it's not too exciting i've been doing some reading catching up on stuff that i hadn't hadn't done or neglected to do because i'd been training so hard so uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of time on the bike trainer treadmill, a lot of time on the phone because uh, I, I haven't really seen had much human contact at all. Mm-hmm. So so you you've been loving this phone call because people actually get to talk to you other than just been holed up and texting and emailing and whatnot. Yeah, it's my time to to even catch up with people that you have you hadn't talked to in a while or from a distance. You know, it's a good reminder. I think I've seen a lot of online people. FaceTiming or Skyping big groups, and I don't think that's a that's a normal thing for people. Yeah. Now you're 23 years old right now. Uh, I'm 25, getting up there. Oh, you're getting up there, the quarter century. Um, speaking of getting old, I mean, my goodness, this is going to be um, in 2021 because we're already looking forward to Tokyo 2021. So this, yeah, this is going to be your second Olympics, right? Yeah, second Olympics. Uh, I'll be. 26 turning 27 so right in the prime of my career in uh in theory Mm -hmm. so what would the uh 26 year old tyler tell the the youngster what did you really learn from your first olympics down in rio i think i think the biggest thing to tell what i would tell myself is that it's another race um i think a lot of athletes um try to do something totally different or prepare in a way that you know they've go way over the top and i ended up injured for the 2016 olympics i actually had a 
had a, a stress a stress reaction in my my femoral neck mm-hmm. uh, just because I was pushing pushing hard for the Olympics. So I went on crutches for like eight weeks after, then into a cane. So oh my God. I think now I tell myself that if I can get healthy, get on the line in twenty twenty one, I can I can do the job. And we're talking uh, to one of your teammates there, uh, Matthew Sharp, and uh, he's been such a good role model. One of the big messages that he always says is, it's always just so gratifying to get to the starting line of one of these races, whatever the race might be. And, you know, pretty pretty prophetic words because we had that conversation about being, you know, grateful for the opportunity to have this lifestyle and, and do these races. And this was like six months before any of this, you know, stuff hit the fans. So uh, a pretty wise teammate there with you uh, in Matthew Sharp. Yeah, me and Matt are good friends. And I think we both have the same outlook on that is that if we can get to the start line, we're both racers and we're grateful to be there. And uh, the rest will kind of take care of itself. So coming from the gut, what was your initial reaction when you heard definitely that the Olympics were being put off until, well, at least next year? Uh, I mean kind of kind of happy i mean the, what comes first now is health and safety so uh, as much as it's hard to wait another year because you know uh, as people we we like to you know if we have a goal we we like it closer than further away but uh obviously happy that now i can i don't have to stress about you know getting outside to train and all this and the, the circumstances that we're in now so i'm pretty pretty fortunate that it's actually being pushed a year Mm-hmm. So that's what uh, Stefan Daniel was saying too. Just kind of a bit of a relief that there was so much. You know, it, it, it doesn't go back just two weeks. I mean, this this sag has been playing out. You know, for about a month, a month and a half. So to have some some clarity, some finality to to be able to plan around this is just coming to to most of the folks I've talked to uh, as as a relief. Yeah, I mean, when we first started, when everything first started, and you know decisions were were a lot you know affected me a lot more i remember them canceling the first race and you know at that time it was you know crazy and then you know things started to you know happen 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 and i got to a point when i when you know things didn't really phase me as much and i was just focusing you know focus on family focus on health focus on the small things um and then the rest you know the rest is by the side kind of Mm-hmm. One of the things that I was fortunate uh, to be involved in back back in the day, actually not that long ago, Tyler, this was in March, and we're fortunate here in BC, we actually had the first outdoor triathlon um, at UBC here in the first weekend in March, and I was always thinking, you know, um, how grateful I was to be able to race in March, but uh, one of the things I'm always struggling with, and maybe you can help me with this, is, you know, how hard should you put those races? I mean, one of the people I, I compete against and he's a friend he says to always race as if it's your last race now what do you think of that statement uh i use that statement all the time i yeah. started using it uh in it within this last year uh, you know i'd get into moments in the race near the end usually on the run things would start hurting and you know i tell myself you know you may never have an opportunity to to be in this level of race or running this fast again so you might as well capitalize and i think that shift in mindset you know allowed me to win a few more races this last year um when you think about it and you know you think oh this could be the last time in this position you you know you seize the opportunity a lot more i think i was able to push myself a lot harder this year after races i i was i was hurting a lot more than i ever have 
Yeah, and and that's not necessary. You know, I mean, after doing a race and and walking kind of funny the next day, it's like, hey, we did that right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I remember specifically after the Tokyo test event, I, uh, I was, they were just about to grab me for an interview, and they were counting down, you know, seven, six, five, and I just said one second. I turned over to the side and started and started puking, and they had to get someone else to interview because. I, pre- I presented to puke for next five or ten minutes because I had pushed so hard in the final sprint. That is such a great story. I know another uh, Albertan from, uh, or rather another Olympian from Western Canada, I think is speed skater Jeremy Watherspoon. Exactly the same sort of situation. He says, you know, the best race is one that you're puking at the end. So uh, kudos to you there, Tyler. Yeah, I mean, it's not... It, you, you're grateful for it after at the time it's not the most pleasant thing as you probably know yeah um simon whitfield all the same you know some of those i mean photogenic moments uh maybe yes maybe no but uh knowing that yeah you know you didn't leave anything at all on the race course uh is uh is a pretty gratifying feeling now as uh, as an elite athlete you're always kind of walking the line between being super fit which is not necessarily super healthy i mean if you're pushing your all that much um, you're on the cusp of almost catching something in the air so as uh, an elite athlete right now other than kind of you know um, sequestering yourself or keeping yourself separate have you been doing any other extraordinary measures at this time uh, you know with the recent announcement of Olympics I'm going to adjust my training uh, accordingly and I haven't been outside as much so obviously I haven't been I haven't been swimming. Uh, I've been adjusting my run and bike. So obviously keeping the immune system right now is the top priority and not getting sick. So uh, might dial back the training a little bit. Um, at the end of the day, at triathlon, if you're not healthy, you can't perform. And I'd rather have, you know, 10 or 12 good days than three or four really good days if followed by, you know, a few weeks being sick or something like that. So for me, consistency is king. And Whatever, however you reach consistency is your personal choice, but that will be mine moving forward. Mm-hmm. What kind of financial hit are you taking because of this crisis? Because you, you race a lot. Yeah, I mean, the number one income for most triathletes is prize money. So obviously this year is uh, every, every triathlete is, you know, kind of like in quotations out of out of work in that sense uh until the until until we know otherwise so you know all the canadian triathletes are in the same boat as me that you know that's a a major hit for us but thankfully uh, we do have uh, a bit of government funding uh it's not so uh it'll help for the time being but obviously have to try to find other revenue streams or income streams to subsidize uh, any ideas as far as those alternative revenue streams right now, Tyler? Uh, to be honest, no. I mean, uh, as of two weeks ago or three weeks ago or less, I was planning on racing Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was planning on racing a World Cup. So, uh, you know, we're talking about recent changes. This hasn't, you know, the race wasn't canceled three months ago. So it's still trying to still trying to sort those details yeah for sure now in addition to that like you're saying you're you're cutting back the intensity of the training but you're also spending a lot of time indoors and doing the stuff and you're fortunate enough to have a, a treadmill and whatnot in your uh in your uh, house um but can you tell us about some of the favorite kind of workouts that you're doing right now that maybe you don't get a chance to under other circumstances yeah i recently i've never uh 
I grew up, because I obviously grew up in Manitoba, so I grew up living on the trainer. I did like five days, six days a week for five or six years on the trainer and treadmill. So obviously, being as I got professional, I traveled more and escaped to the heat. I was fortunate enough. You know, you take that for, don't take that for granted at all. Uh, but I've recently got back on the trainer and actually bought myself a smart trainer. So I've just signed up for Zwift, uh, which I know has been a big trend for a while. So I'm kind of late to the party. Yeah. But uh, I think it'll be a tool that I'm going to use going forward. Just an online community uh, is the way to kind of stay social, even though I'm inside a bit. Uh, and it's something I've never done before. So obviously it's new stimulus. And I think that's my advice for anyone training inside is what different things work for different people. But you know, if you're used to training in a group and being social, you have to try to find ways to, you know, emulate that as much as you can in a, in a safe and respectful way. So, yeah, there's a, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Zwift. I signed up for that last Thursday. Um, once again, I was uh, kind of a, a latecomer to this whole Zwift party. I, I've had a CompuTrainer for, for almost 20 years and it's, you know, it's, it's stimulating, but it's, it certainly doesn't have the social aspect that Zwift has. And one thing I noticed last night is there's there's some social norms which go along with uh, the Zwift ride. So uh, it's going to be a bit of a learning curve for both of us, I think, Tyler. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I was I was riding yesterday and it's uh, it also you also can get, get carried away. You know, going for an easy ride and yeah, people passing you or you're passing people. And if you're a competitive person like myself, sometimes it's hard just to zone out and you get carried away, push a little bit too much. We're all human. Yeah, I was I was on there a couple of days ago and behind me for about four seconds was this Canadian guy. I don't know if you've heard of him, Lionel Sanders. Yeah, I might have heard of him. Eh? Yeah, it was like it was like a four second experience. Four point one kilos, you know, watts per kilo, and he he was just gone. We're gonna get to Sanders in just a little bit here for some fun questions. But uh, in addition to doing uh, ITU circuit stuff, you're also a veteran of the Super League series, right? Yeah, that's that's right. I've done uh, quite a bit. I've been kind of was supposed to be involved with Super League from their first race, but. Uh, I was unfortunately injured uh, after the Olympics, so they debuted in Hamilton Island uh, back in 2017, and uh, and then I was supposed to be on the start of the second race ever, and was sick, so uh, I think I, I started the third one ever because I uh, went to Poland and qualified in one of their the qualifying, you know, silver races, as you'd say, to get into the gold series. Is there any, because the format is quite a bit different than anything we've ever seen, and it's super um, spectator friendly, do you approach training for the Super League style of racing differently? Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say the training is a whole lot different. It's obviously a little bit different, and it's hard to, you know, even when you're doing IHT or Super League to completely focus on one, um, because they're just you know they're intermixed time of year they're not too far off uh, it's not like we have a three-month period to you know get ready for the other so for me i think the biggest mindset is that super league is obviously the level of racing is at the exact exact same level as mm-hmm. uh itu it's just it, i would say it's a bit more uh, intimate setting because you have only 20 or 30 athletes racing so you know you're at the same hotel you're at the same meal you're you're mixing a bit more with some athletes you maybe not see uh regularly mm-hmm. so one of the other canadians who does this and he's one of our favorite guys because he's not afraid of anything um he's got as good a mustache as that sanders guy and he's the firefighter he is 
Uh, Nathan Killam. Nathan Killam. Nathan's going to kill me. I talked to him just a couple of weeks ago, and what we like about Nathan is he's afraid of nothing. I mean, he's a long course triathlon guy. He does great in the seventy point three, but he also has the uh, you know the bravery to enter you know the Super League series. And he was telling us some some of his stories and revelations. It's like, man, can these can these guys ever swim? So if you could give uh, our good friend uh, Nathan Killam some uh, some tips for his next race in the Super League series. What would you tell what would you tell Nathan? Uh, me and Nate were roommates in 2018 doing Super League. So uh, you know we we went, we trained together before the race, had beers after the race. Uh, yeah, I mean the hardest thing for I think long course athletes coming to Super League is the swim intensity. Uh, and just like ITU it is same with Super League. If you're out from the swim it doesn't matter if you're the strongest rider in the world and strongest runner. It's it's a tough race on your own. Um, yeah, I think he, he hit the nail on the head with, you know, swimming is the key for a good setup. But uh, I think I think Nate would uh, would probably give me a run for my money or probably kick my butt on some Swift in the next upcoming week. I know he's big into that. I think we're going to look forward to, uh, to you know, if we're Zwift users, we have to take a look at this. Is your username on Zwift uh, Tyler Miller? Yeah, my, my full name. Okay. Um, on Swift, and I'm uh, I've officially got a green pro jersey, so I guess it means that I'm I'm real. Okay. They've uh, certified <laughs> me, so maybe we'll have to set up a we'll have to set up a little Canadian try uh, crit race or something like that. Yeah, I, I'm sure our friend Nathan Killam is going to be uh, be game for that. That sounds great. It sounds neat that you're you're on Zwift as well. So let's. Uh, take you away from the uh, triathlon business and the fun of that so if you weren't an elite triathlete what would you be doing right now what kind of job what vocation that sort of thing uh, that's a tough question i mean I, I did two years in university in in finance and marketing uh, before i kind of put it on hold to try to go to the last olympics uh and it's hard to say. I mean, I love sports, so I, I feel like if I wasn't involved in, you know, as a professional athlete, I'd want to be involved in some matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying that, I don't know exactly what. Uh, I, I obviously, lo- I'm a people person. Uh, I love, you know, relationships in that way. So it might be something in marketing, you know, sports marketing or something like that. But I think it, you know, we can always have a dream of doing something else, but. Uh, it's hard to say exactly what path you would go down because had I not gone to taken that off, I would have finished my degree, and you know who knows I might be in a, a finance role somewhere. It's, it's you know life's life's hard to predict the routes mm. we don't we don't take a lot of times, but yeah, I think sports marketing would probably be pretty close to on the money. Mm-hmm. Al, if that ever happens, uh, I'm sure that you'll take that same amount of wisdom that you've obviously uh, demonstrated and the tenacity that you've proven. I'm just looking here at the uh, the front cover of Triathlon Magazine Canada. With that kind of grit, uh, you're going to go places, kid. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's the t- it's a Tokyo picture, right? Uh, that's the one, yep. I wouldn't say yeah, you're smiling that in that a, picture, but uh, there's a lot of passion. <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, that was a moment that, you know, I dreamed about that moment for uh, probably like six months every day in training because I was training for that race specifically. Uh-huh. And uh, actually a cool little story on the side here is uh-huh. that uh, Matt and I uh, and his girlfriend Kirsten were doing a run. I think we were doing a run three or four weeks before... Uh, the test event and we were running and it was just an easy run and I actually think we had gotten dropped from the others because we were pretty tired mm. uh, 
but not not to no seriously like how how do you think we can uh we can do at the test event i said uh i think we can i think we can win the test event and he said okay well let's do it and that was four weeks out and that wasn't a, you know that was just between us i didn't say that to really anyone else and four weeks later for it to actually happen to you know your vision to actually come true is pretty crazy oh yeah that's the and and to have that all come true and you know what a amazing moment that was for canadian triathlon as well yeah and that was a moment you know i was running with two other two other guys and uh the norwegian actually attacked and created a gap and I almost had a bit of self-doubt in my head and you know i said well you know this could be the last time you have a chance to win a race this big so yeah buckle up i i came back on him and and yeah then that's where the picture comes from yeah absolutely so we're hoping for not to put any pressure but uh we know that you've got the goods and we're we're gonna you know hope for the best in 2021 yeah i mean that's what uh the next well now a year and a half will be about uh a little bit longer maybe a little bit smarter a little bit faster mm-hmm. a little bit wiser a little bit those are all things that could play to my advantage yeah what's a question that i know you've been probably doing a lot of media over the past couple of days what's a question that you wanted to be asked but nobody's asked you the question that's a tough one um I've had a lot of conversations over the last few days with with media, with family, with everyone. Uh, and I think sometimes the questions that aren't asked is, you know, how how are you doing or how is your family doing? And I'm just happy to say that, you know, all my immediate family and me are all healthy and well. And in times like this, sometimes we for you know, we're so focused on the big headliners that we forget, you know, the little... You know, how's your family? How are you? Are you healthy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a simple question, but yeah, my family and me are all healthy. Yeah, you didn't get to the start line without great family support. Yeah, I uh, I have a great mom, dad, aunties, uncles, grandparents, um, probably all my biggest fans. It's uh, yeah, I remember my parents driving me to the pool at you know six a.m., dropping me off and picking me up after and dropping me off after school and. They were counting the days until I had my license. <laughs> yes, uh, the the amount of sacrifice that you know the parents and the inner circle, so to speak, uh, invests in you know a person like you who gets the opportunity to to train and perform at the highest level. That's that's you know quite the sacrifice. Yeah, it's not all uh, rainbows and flowers all the time. So uh, I like I. I I, there's a quote or a pictures that I like and you know it's it's interesting that who's around when you know the tough times and who's around when it's just good times so it's always good to recognize I think as any athlete I would say is to recognize you know who who's helping you who's who's in your corner no matter what and to recognize those people and really you know take the time to thank them uh, as, a, as athletes it's, uh, being an athlete is a selfish pursuit in in what you're doing you know you have to think about what's best for you and how are you going to perform sometimes it's good just to step away and realize you know you know it's not just you there is a lot of other people yeah and and over the long term right um let's turn the tables let's turn you into a parent right now um let's look at it this way assuming you had kids at some point in your life down the road like 15 or I I call this my rocking chair question because it gives you a chance to reflect as a younger person uh, as a uh, so here's the question 
How would you like to tell them about how you dealt with the great COVID crisis of 2020? That's a good, that is a good question. I'd like to think that, you know, I'd be sitting there. Hopefully, hopefully my vision is, it hasn't gotten any worse than it is right now. <laughs> um, you know, I haven't lost all my hair by that point, but uh, most likely will have. But I think I'd be telling them that, you know, I, I did my part to flatten the curve, which, you know, I'm currently doing. I'm 10 days into 14 days. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think that, you know, I... I took time to do things that you know sometimes you you don't you don't have the time to do maybe that's playing sitting down and playing board games with you know m- my mom and dad mm-hmm. uh, I I barely spend any time at home uh you know I'm away 11 months of the year traveling so simple things like that and that you know I think the biggest thing I would tell them is that you know that was one of the it's probably going to be one of the biggest adversities of my sporting career but also as you know a human race this is, this is a huge huge problem worldwide so i'd like to be thinking that you know uh i i did my part and would just think that they would do the same mm-hmm. um we're gonna end off the interview with uh nothing to do with doom and gloom but just uh just some good old-fashioned fun here it's our traditional fit speak ending question so um the folks at triathlon canada have not prepped you for this so i want a raw answer tyler so here's the question so if you could be an animal other than a human being what kind of animal would you be and tell us why turtle a turtle that that came out of left field dude I, i just did not expect turtle tell us tell us the story I think so. my life is so I do everything so fast, so quick, and move through it that sometimes I I forget to stop and see things. I think turtles move so slowly that they they get to enjoy some things that a lot of people miss. Mm-hmm. And they're they're cute and they're impervious to all sorts of adversity, and you know they have an amazing lifespan. So yeah, turtle very first person. They got a hard shell too. They got a hard exterior. Yes. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for uh, taking the time from your home there in Manitoba, uh, Oak Bluff, to take uh, talk to us here at Fitzpeak. We wish you nothing but the the best of health and success, and hopefully uh, we can see you out on Zwift, and uh, we'll see if we can uh, stir up some fun for the Canadian triathletes out there. Yeah, I'll see if I can organize a race for us. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Thanks for the call. Cheers. I'm Mikey Ross, coach with Abbotsford Triathlon Club, and here's the FitSpeak 96 Top 5 list. Since many athletes are risking going nuts during our self-isolation and our social and physical distancing, it seems timely to discuss the advantage of not going nuts, but eating nuts. To crack open this topic from a research basis, I read and compared science-based articles on the advantages of eating nuts as part of your athletic fitness regime. While each article lists different nuts as best for this or higher in that, I did find a common thread through all of them which stood out loud and clear to me as an athlete who wants the best nutrients in me before they're burnt off in the next tempo or interval workout. In all of these recommended nuts, you will find two of an athlete's best friends, antioxidants and polyphenols. In no specific order, here are the top five nuts for you to graze on. Before, during, after. The current research says it doesn't matter when you eat them. 
but experiment for yourself to see how they settle in your tummy. Top nut number one, almonds. Looking for a legal performance enhancer? Almonds are packed with magnesium, manganese, vitamin B, and E. Their high antioxidant levels promote better tolerance of endurance workouts and faster recovery times from those workouts, which is a win-win. Recent studies also suggest that almond-eating athletes burn more carbohydrates and need less oxygen for efficient performance while exercising. Top nut number two, walnuts. A single gram of walnuts offers you 70 units of our antioxidant friend named polyphenol. This is higher than any other nut tested and 15 times more potent than vitamin E. Yes, walnuts contain fat, as do all nuts, but the unsaturated fats in nuts are nowhere near as heart-harming as the saturated fats in dairy and meat products. Top nut number three, pistachios. Dense in nutrients and high in potassium, which is lost in sweat, pistachios also offer vitamins A, B6, manganese, copper, minerals which are lost during exercise and which are one of the major causes of the dreaded mid-race and midnight crown. Pistachios also have zeaxanthin, Google that, which helps reduce muscle degeneration. Top nut number four, cashews. Talk about a smorgasbord of nutrients. Cashews have more vitamin K, magnesium, copper, iron, selenium, zinc, and phosphorus than any other nut. Endurance junkies, take note. Research shows a proven ability for cashews to increase red blood cell count production. Cashews also help in the fight against cramps and muscle spasms. Last but not least, they speed your recovery after a challenging workout. Top nut number five. This was a toss-up between macadamia nuts and Brazil nuts, so I'm going to cheat a little and combine them. If you're an athlete with weight loss as a goal, munch on the macadamias. They're high in thiamine and monounsaturated fatty acid called palmitoleic acid, which is known to reduce the size of fat cells. If you're an endurance athlete, you may prefer Brazil nuts, which are high in selenium. Selenium helps offset free radical cell damage caused by exercise and has been shown to reduce cancer progression. You may have other nuts in your kitchen that work for you. And if we're talking economy, the good old peanut can't be completely ignored either. In our next top five list, we're going to discover the secrets of nuts cousins, the seeds. For FitSpeak, I'm Mikey Ross. And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission. Your Wenting's Word of the Week is distance. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is distance. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Fitness is important, but health even more important. We're reminding you to keep your distance when you're out in the community and to give those important people in your life a call in this most unusual time. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. I'd like to thank this week's guest, Tyler Mislachuk from Canada's Olympic team. He'll be going for gold when the Olympics are held in 2021. Be listening to us in a few days when we're back with a feature-length interview with another member of Canada's Olympic triathlon team, Joanna Brown from CARP. Yes, CARP Ontario. She will be our guest. 
for Mikey Ross and the rest of the Fitzbeak gang, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.